welcome to Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast. I am Arif Dean of Mile High Sports. Obviously, I'm not the one usually doing the intro, which like way, way back in December for our longtime listeners means it's another solo pod. JJ Jerez is out today. We're going to call it upper body. I heard he got into a fight with someone, punched him in the side of the helmet and potentially broke his hand, but we can't confirm that. So we're going to stick with day-to-day upper body, but there is concern that it could be week to week. So we'll find out if he's ready to go for the playoffs. Just kidding. Um, Yeah. So I'm here to talk about a couple of things. We were going to scrap this podcast episode altogether, but I felt the need that it was worth coming out here and talking all alone because the avalanche just defeated the Calgary Flames about 24 hours ago in a thriller of a game, two to one, kind of winning it by committee, having many people step up. This comes on the heels of the Nathan McKinnon news, obviously, the joke I made in the beginning that McKinnon is out with an upper body injury. There is some concern around the team for that injury. As Jared Bednar said, the concern is high, as he said after the morning skate out in Calgary on uh, Tuesday. But A lot has happened since then, and I felt this was worthy of a pod because this just seems to be a very groundbreaking couple of days since we recorded on Sunday, which, by the way, JJ and I talked exactly about this. We titled the podcast episode Fighting, and we had a long conversation about why superstars shouldn't be fighting this close to the playoffs, and this is literally why. So Nathan McKinnon gets into that fight, and uh, he doesn't get into that fight in 2002 or 2012. He gets into that fight in 2022. Which nowadays in the NHL, the way that it works is, you know, pretty much all the players wear visors. The only guys that don't are the ones that were grandfathered in before that became like a mandatory thing. I believe it was the 2013 lockout. So, you know, some of the veterans is a Dano Charas and guys like that. But like of the younger NHLers, and I say younger loosely because they're all in their 30s now. The guys that are going to probably be the last to wear the visor, two names stick out to me. Eric Goodbranson of the Calgary Flames. And then our old friend out in St. Louis, Ryan O'Reilly, he also doesn't wear a visor. So it'll likely be those guys. But back to the visor thing. Everybody wears a visor. The NHL also has slowly kind of shied away from fighting over the last decade, as we all know, to the point where you can't even take off your helmet before a fight. So the reason why I say Nathan McKinnon fighting in 2022 is crucial compared to 2012 or you know 10 or 20 years ago is that you're literally risking a hand injury every time you get into a fight in the NHL today. You know, they don't always happen, but they could happen. And as we potentially saw here, it may have happened where you're punching visors, you're punching the sides of helmets. uh, And then you obviously have Nathan McKinnon sitting in the penalty box, as we all saw on Altitude TV in that game against Minnesota. He's holding a nice pack to his hand. So you don't want to see that. You don't want your stars fighting this close to playoff time and pretty much never. And I think it's gotten to that point with the Avalanche and Nathan McKinnon. Look, Nathan is a bull of a human. Like he is one of the most tenacious, one of the most emotional guys I've ever met. And especially as a hockey player. But it's what makes him who he is. You know, not everybody's going to be even keeled. Not everybody's going to have that calmer demeanor like, you know, the guy I mentioned earlier and Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, this is what Nathan needs to do. And this is who he, or sorry, this is who he needs to be, I should say, in order to be the guy that he is. But there is a certain level of, you need to take a step back a little bit that the avalanche need to, you know, talk to him about. And it's exactly this. You don't need to fight. Curtis McDermott, you know, was 10 seconds away from probably taking that fight himself. We saw him, I forget, I forget which game it was where he got high sticked. I think it was that Arizona game where he kind of took a stick up high or whatever off the face off and he jumped the player. Um, Dyson Mayo, I think it was, you know, you don't need 
to do that. Um, you don't need to risk these kinds of injuries and you don't need to fight. You're, you're a superstar. You're getting paid a very, very good amount of money. Um, well, actually it's, it's a hell of a bargain given the kind of guy you are, but your pay's about to double the avalanche. Got to have a talk with Nathan McKinnon about, look, you can be the tenacious man. You are, you can be the emotional man. You are, it's what makes you who you are, but you just can't drop the gloves. The avalanche cannot afford to have this kind of thing happen. However, the latest update on Nathan McKinnon is maybe it's not as bad as we thought. Because if you've kept up with the news today, Tuesday, Nathan McKinnon was spotted, courtesy of the Denver Post, was spotted skating at Family Sports with skills coach Sean Allard. Because as we know, after the Minnesota game, he actually flew back to Denver to get reevaluated. The fact that he was skating at Family Sports today, one-on-one with the skills coach, with Sean Allard, and the fact that he was taking shots and, you know, taking passes, shooting the puck, skating hard says to me that, you know, maybe it's not as serious as we thought. And if he misses a couple games, maybe it's more precautionary, which would be good news because a broken hand means you're not going to see Nathan McKinnon for quite a while. So who knows? But it seems like good news. But if the avalanche, and again, I say if, because I am recording this, it is 9 p.m. Wednesday night. If the avalanche dodged a bullet here, it's, it's one that they need to kind of like, breathe a sigh of relief and be like, all right, we dodged a bullet, but we cannot have this happen again. So that's, again, the conversation you need to have with McKinnon is you should not be fighting. And I remember, you know, after the Philadelphia game, when Nazem Kadri fight, I actually asked Jared in the post game, if you guys were listening to that one, I asked him, do you want to see Nazem Kadri fighting? And he said, you know, it's part of his game. And it's, you know, these guys, they have a decision to make if they want to drop the gloves. But, you know, he's like, I don't prefer it. And he even made a joke, and I mentioned this last episode, he kind of was like, you know, as long as there's no broken hands or broken faces, then I'm fine with it. But until I know that, then I'm, you know, stressed out about the entire idea of these guys fighting. And lo and behold, Nathan McKinnon, ice pack in the penalty box, misses the next game against literally the second best team in the West. So on that note, let's get to that game against the second best team in the West because the Avalanche went into Calgary on the road where they are 7-1, well, where the Flames were 7-1-1 against the Avs in their previous nine games at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. And they defeated them 2-1 on the back of an amazing performance by goaltender Darcy Kemper. And they won by committee. So a whole bunch of things were shaken up in the top lines. Without McKinnon, Nazem Kadri slotted onto that top line alongside his usual second-line teammate in Val Nachushkin and Miko Rantanen on the right wing. Alex Newhook jumped up to the second line. JT Comfer was dropped to the third line because Newhook was centering uh, Andre Burakovsky on the right, who's your usual right winger on the second line, and newcomer Arturi Lekkinen finally making his debut eight days after the trade deadline on the left, and then Comfer, O'Connor, Abe Kubel, and you know the rest of the guys were on the bottom pairs, Nico Sturm, Darren Helm, Andre Cogliano, Andrew Cogliano, so on and so forth. So... Um, actually that was all six guys, but, um, your top six looked a little bit different and there was a new guy making his debut. Kadri and Nichushkin obviously have that chemistry. Miko ran in on the other wing. So it was a by committee type of game. Kel McCarr and Devon Taves obviously doing their thing on defense. Josh Manson had a hell of a game, which, you know, we've kind of been hoping to see here after a little bit of inconsistent play since his acquisition. Um, but that was a great, like that was a great performance. That was a statement victory by the Avs. Because they're beat up. And let me tell you this. The Calgary Flames, you know, they are the second best team in the Western Conference. The Wild are actually the third. So the Avalanche just went on a two-game road trip without a lot of guys. Because obviously Landis and Byram and Gerard and all these guys are already hurt. 
They went on the road. They played the third best and the second best team in the West, and they are the first best team in the West. They collected three or four points, and now they're back in Denver for two. So it's a pretty damn good road trip. They could have probably gotten four of four had it not been for that penalty to Eric Johnson, you know, right before the end of regulation, which, again, he 100% deserved. Like, he smashed Tyson Joseph into the boards a little harder than he should have. Um, but back to the Calgary game. Val Nichushkin, we talked about this, JJ and I, last episode, that the Avalanche were missing Landis Gog, you know, for a couple of reasons. Number one, for being the guy to fight when things like that happen. Not that you want him to. He's still a star player. But because he's that traffic in front of the net type of player that is tipping in shots, making it difficult for the goalie. And lo and behold, Valeri Nichushkin jumps up to the top line and does exactly that, scores both goals, a beauty of a tip on that second goal off a setup from Miko Rantanen, and the Avalanche walk away with a 2-1 to victory. Kemper faces 45 shots against the Calgary Flames team that second best in the West has been very fortunate with injuries this year because two players on the Avalanche this season have played every single one of their games. The first one is Eric Johnson, which is, we're all surprised, trust me. And the second one is Logan O'Connor. While the Calgary Flames have 10 guys that have played all 82, 10 out of 18 skaters. On top of that, their top line of Elias Lindholm, Johnny Goudreau, and Matthew Kachuk is the best line in the NHL. In 65 games, those three guys have played together every single game. They've each recorded over 80 points. They each have a plus 40 or whatever it is. And they each have over 30 goals. So they've been very fortunate on that front. But the Avalanche, again, you know, I just went through the line combinations Lekkinen playing his first game with the Avalanche. Newhook centering a line with Burakovsky. They've never played together. Just a whole bunch of different combinations. And they had to, you know, have Darcy Kemper stand on his head, which understandably so, that's what you expect from your starting goalie. And they came away with the victory. It was an exceptional performance from the goalie. It was a great performance by the team, and it was a statement victory in general. You know, speaking of that second line, this is a big opportunity for Alex Newhook. This is a big opportunity for Lekkonen to get more minutes than we may have expected in the beginning. And the third guy of the line, I think it's time to have a conversation about him. Because Andre Burakovsky was having a pretty good year in the beginning of the season, but it's kind of withered away. So he is currently in the middle of an 11-game goalless drought. But let me kind of read you the patterns of his last, let's do some quick math here, 28 plus 5 in his last 33 games. 33 games is exactly half of the Avalanche season. So the second half of what we've seen from the Avs since opening night, Berkey went on a 17-game goalless drought. Then he got a little hot there in February and scored four goals in five games, and now he's back to an 11-game goalless drought. In 33 games, Andre Burakovsky has four goals. That's unacceptable, and I think it's time we have that conversation because the biggest thing here is your top line of Landeskog, McKinnon, and Landeskog. Jesus. Landeskog, McKinnon, and Rantanen. I have to correct myself because JG's not here to do it for me. Every single one of them is scoring goals and putting up points at a record-breaking pace for you know personal career best, I should say. Uh, your top D pair of Kale McCarr and Devon Taves are shattering their career highs. On the second line, Nazem Kadri has exploded for over 80 points. Valeri Nichushkin has exploded for, you know, career highs and goals and points already. And then there's Andre Burakovsky. Every top guy on this team is having a career season except for him. And that's a little bit of a concern here going into the playoffs. Because as we saw, not last year, but in the 2020 playoffs in the bubble, Berkey can be a difference maker when he's on. 
and the Avalanche need him to be on. Because I'm starting to think if you blink right now and you wake up tomorrow and everybody is healthy, I kind of think that Lekkonen would be on the second line with Nachushkin and Kadri ahead of number 95. And that's a problem. Not because Lekkonen isn't, you know, worthy or, you know, able to do the job, but because Berkey's a damn good player, but he needs to wake up and kind of break out of this funk. So let's kind of keep an eye on him the next few days and let's see what happens there. Because there were, he had a good opportunity there against Calgary. He came around the boards on Mark around the net on Markstrom and he had that wide open opportunity. He beat the goalie, but it hit the post and like kind of just deflected out back to center ice. You need to see him bury goals like that. He is a streaky scorer. All scores are streaky, but his, his streakiness right now is a little bit more on the not scoring side than it is on the scoring side. So you want to see him kind of pick that up a little bit. Now, looking at Darcy Kemper's performance, I've mentioned it a few times. He faced 45 shots. He surrendered one goal and it was a five on three penalty kill, a five on three power play for the Calgary Flames. He also shut him out the last time they played. So Darcy has stopped 90 of 91 shots against the second best team in the West, the team that we say is going to be your biggest threat in the playoffs leading up to the Stanley Cup final, you know, assuming you try to get there. And Darcy surrendered one goal and it was on a two man advantage out of 91 shots in two games. That's awesome. Like, there is no way to sugarcoat it. Darcy is on his game right now. And, you know, we talked a lot about this last episode, and people always talk about this. Did the avalanche peak too early in January? And I think it's a very funny conversation. I mentioned this last time because as a player, you're going to come in and play your best every single game. And if that means you go 15-0-1 in January, you're not going to sit there and be like, God dang it, we did this too early. Like, you're, you're a competitor. You're going to compete every game. But what I will say is this. If there is one player on your team that you want to peak at the right time heading into the playoffs, it's the goalie. Take the Toronto Maple Leafs, for for example. Darcy Campbell, or sorry, Jack Campbell. Darcy Campbell is a former Avalanche player, now mixing up the goalies. Jack Campbell was on fire in the beginning of the season. Ever since December 1st, he's kind of slowly gone you know, his, 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 his season's gone down the shitter. He was like an 870 save percentage in, in February and January. He hasn't played in a few weeks now. And um, Toronto kind of had to turn to Peter Mrazek and he's been brutal. Michael Hutchinson played a game earlier in the season. He wasn't very good. Now they're on like their fourth stringer and Alex Shalgren. And, uh, you know, it's kind of gotten to that point with the Maple Leafs where you're like, holy shit, like, they're having this great season. Austin Matthews got 49 goals. I believe he's got 40 in his last 41 games. Like he is on fire. Mitch Marner just got a career high in, in goals. They added Giordano. They have all these guys. Morgan Riley's doing his thing. William Nylander's kind of on and off and, you know, doing his typical thing. Michael Bunting might win the freaking Calder Trophy. And now they're sitting back and going, we might waste all of this because our goalies are not hot at the right time. So that's a problem. Now let's look at the avalanche. Darcy Kemper has been on fire. So let's take his season as a whole because I think we talk a lot about the fact that um, he had a bit of a slow start to the season. He did. But the season started in October. We are in March and ever since December. So December, January, February, and March. Four full months. Today's March 30th. In four full months, uh, Darcy Kemper has been one of the best goalies in the NHL. Now in terms of his season as a whole, he is a 924 save percentage. 924 save percentage for Darcy is fifth best in the NHL. And if you kind of look at all the numbers and you kind of scroll down a little bit, Pavel Francouz is 13th at 927. They're only they're the only team with two guys in the top, what let's say 15, let's say 13, let's say 20, whatever. The Avalanche are the only team 
with two guys that high in the rankings, but Darcy is fifth and the guys ahead of him, Sorokin, Shesterkin, Freddie Anderson, like they're on the other conference. So this is a really, really great year for, uh, for Darcy, but let's talk back to that December 1st day. The Avalanche were in Toronto December 1st. You know, that's one of the two road games that I covered this year. And I remember getting to the arena at the Scotiabank Arena that game. It's funny. Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, Scotiabank Saddle Dome in Calgary. But Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, formerly known as the Air Canada Center. And uh, Chris Johnston, formerly of Sportsnet, now at the Toronto Star, he kind of tipped me off when I got there. He said, I'm hearing some rumblings about an emergency goalie situation with the Avalanche. And I kind of was like, oh, maybe there's something wrong with Jonas Johansson because Darcy Kemper was at Morning Skate and he even, you know, spoke to media afterward, I believe, if I remember correctly. And, you know, there was certainly nothing happened at Darcy between the end of Morning Skate and now, like, all he did was go to the hotel and come back. So I figured, hey, the Avalanche are going to have an emergency goalie on the, on the bench and it's, you know, going to be the backup. Well... The emergency goalie was on the bench. It was Jed Alexander, some kid that plays college hockey in Canada. But he wasn't backing up Darcy. He was backing up Jonas Johansson. And the Avalanche got lit up and lost 8-3 to in Toronto. Funny enough, that's also the game that Jack Campbell's season kind of went down the drain. Because before that game, he had not given up three goals in a very long time. He gave up three to the Avs that day, and his season has gone down since. But Darcy Campbell for the Avs... Geez, I keep saying Darcy Campbell. Darcy Kemper for the Avs misses that game. He's out a week. He comes back December 8th. Since December 8th, I'm going to read you some numbers here. Of all the goalies in the NHL, Darcy Campbell, and I did it again, Darcy Kemper is second best in the NHL in save percentage. So there's a couple guys ahead of him that I'm not going to include. Louis Domingue played one game. Garrett Sparks played one game. Felix Sandstrom played one game. Our old friend Spencer Martin played three games. Those guys aren't regulars. Ivan Prosvitov in, in Arizona played one game. Keith Kincaid played one game. So I'm going to eliminate all those. Of your regulars, the best save percentage in the NHL since December 8 is Igor Shosturkin. He's got a 934. Second place, Darcy Kemper, 933. Since December 28th, December 8th, I should say, most wins in the NHL, Darcy Kemper, 22. His record, 22 wins, four losses, three overtime losses. Since December 8th, Jacob Markstrom, who leads the NHL with eight shutouts, since December 8th, he's got four. Connor Hellebuck's got four. Marc-Andre Fleury, who had a shutout with the Minnesota Wild on Tuesday, he's got three. Cal Peterson in the LA, he's got three. Ilya Sorokin, one of the guys ahead of Kemper in save percentage, he's got three. Well, four, four, three, three, three. First place since December 8th, Darcy Kemper, five shutouts. This guy is peaking at the right time. He's given up 65 goals in 32 games. So it's pretty much right over two goals per game. That two goals right on the dot would be 64. He's given up one extra goal. Darcy Kemper is the most important player on the Avs heading into the playoffs because as good as Kill McCarr has been, as good as Nathan McKinnon has been in, you know, in the last month or so and potentially is going to be coming back from this injury sooner rather than later. As good as Val Nichushkin has been, and Gabe Landeskog, and these acquisitions of Arcturi Lekkanen, and this big mean machine on defense, and Josh Manson, and veterans that you've added over the summer, and Darren Helm, and at the deadline, and Andrew Cogliano, and Devon Taves exploding for the season he's had, and all the pieces you've had come together. If you don't have goaltending, none of it matters. The Avalanche have goaltending this year. They had it last year before the playoffs. But again, that was in that West Division where they were beaten up on the Arizona Coyotes and those California teams. Darcy Kemper, no disrespect to Philip Grubauer, what he's doing this year 
takes the cake. It is the best performance I've seen from an avalanche goalie in a very long time. So basically what I'm getting at here is the avalanche won that game by committee. Yes. Val Nachushkin was great. Yes. Nazem Kadri stepped into that top line role. Yes. But it was Kemper that stole the show. It's Kemper that the avalanche are going to need the most because, you know, with Landis Gog out and with Byram out and Gerard out and now McKinnon out, the guy that you need to carry the team is the goalie. If Darcy Kemper is playing at an 890 save percentage or a 900 save percentage with all those guys out, the Avalanche are in the middle of a losing rut right now, but they're not. They're 1-0-1 on this two-game road trip. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers. Yes, they lost to the Vancouver Canucks, but they're on a four-game winning streak before that. They're still doing their thing. They're still winning. They're still collecting points. They've got 100 points, and next best in the West doesn't even have 90. So they're doing their thing, and it's all thanks to the goalie at the top. So... You know, this will be something that I talk to with JJ on the next episode, but keep an eye. Like I said, keep an eye on Andre Burakovsky, and if he can bounce back, keep an eye on the consistency of Darcy Kemper and the fact that this guy is slowly working himself, not as a goalie that was like just going to be a one-year guy, but as a goalie where Joe Sackick's sitting back like, holy crap, am I even going to be able to afford this guy? Obviously, I'm getting ahead of myself. The playoffs is where it's going to matter, and what he does there will kind of determine his fate in the NHL and with the Avalanche and how much money he makes. But what we're seeing right now from Darcy is a goalie that's peaking at the right time, that's carrying this into the playoffs and has been consistent for four months. We are almost four months to the day where he was out for a week, December 1st in Toronto, and he has been exceptional since. So let's keep an eye on Darcy Kemper. This guy is one of the best goalies in the NHL right now and has been pretty much all season. And uh, for uh, for a team that nine days ago at the trade deadline, everybody was talking about how the Avalanche's goaltending is the one part you can't trust about the team. I think Darcy's sitting back thinking, what the hell more can I do to earn that trust? Obviously, it's going to be winning a series or two or three in the playoffs, but he's doing his part and it's time to keep an eye on him. One more thing I want to get into before I wrap it up for this one person podcast. Again, I just wanted to make this a quick hit. Uh, just kind of update on Nathan McKinnon, Darcy Kemper, and, and the fact that the Avalanche came out of the Cal- that Calgary game looking pretty damn good. It's Bowen Byram is inching really close to playing. We talked about it on Sunday, and I'm going to talk about it again. He looks to be in good spirit. He traveled with the team, and, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays against the San Jose Sharks. And, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if he played against Calgary, but I don't think that's a team that you want him to, you know, kind of get back and I don't want to say debut because it's not his season debut, but get back into the fold playing against a tough team like the Calgary Flames. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays against San Jose and if not San Jose, then Pittsburgh because they play the Penguins on Saturday. Then they got three days between their next game from April 2nd to April 5th where they travel to Pittsburgh and then they got another three days between April 5th to April 8th for their next game where they're going to go to Canada for a back-to-back against Winnipeg and Edmonton. So, April 2nd, April 5th, April 8th. If he doesn't play on March 31st, I can see him playing the 2nd, having a couple days off, the 5th, having a couple days off, and then the 8th. So pretty good timing here for Bowen Byram to slowly get introduced back into the lineup and reacclimated. We're also coming up on, I believe, three weeks now since Sam Gerrard's injury, so he's getting close. Nathan McKinnon looks like it wasn't as serious, but I can't confirm that. I'm just going based off the video. Uh, By the time you're listening to this, you've probably already seen me tweet from Morning Skate, 11 a.m. at Ball Arena, or I should say 10.30 a.m. at Ball Arena, an update on Nathan McKinnon Thursday morning. But as of right now, I don't have an update on that. I'm just kind of assuming based off that video that hopefully it's not serious. And then obviously Gabe Landeskog is the last remaining piece and, you know, 
we'll potentially get an update on him uh, Thursday morning as well. But I, I, I sense he's closer to the end of April kind of return, potentially early May when the playoffs start. So really good to see Bo and Byram kind of back in good spirits, traveling with the team and and getting pretty dang close to playing. The Avalanche could use this kid. He is a hell of an NHL player. And he has taken his sweet time, which is good because he should not be rushing. And uh, I think he's playing this very methodically, very strategic and 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 very let's let's face it he's doing the right thing he had the balls to walk away from the nhl from one of the best teams in the nhl and uh, basically say i'm gonna go home because i don't feel good not a lot of people would do that so i give him all the you know all the credit in the world for being able to do that i wouldn't have done that so it's nice to see that he's taken a lot of time we are again it's almost april he's been out since early january so really happy to see that bone byram is getting close to returning the Avalanche play the San Jose Sharks tomorrow, Thursday. They are going to be taking on uh, a team that's not going to be in the playoffs before they go on a back-to-back against Pittsburgh, which is having a hell of a season there with Sidney Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and their crew. Um, they also added uh, Raquel, Ricard Raquel, at the deadline. So, you know, I love to see the Penguins. They always compete every single year in the Sidney Crosby era, except for his rookie season. So it's going to be fun to see those games. But first, they got the Sharks Thursday. Please check on my Twitter in the morning when you're listening to this. If you haven't already, I'm sure we'll get an update on Nathan McKinnon. I'm sure we'll get an update on Bowen Byram. We'll talk about Darcy Kemper and how damn good he's been this season with Jared Bender and potentially with him if he's available to media. All the things that you need. Follow me on Twitter at RunRightAir, JJ at JJ of the year. We're ramping this baby up, man. We're getting close to the playoffs. We're a month away from the end of the regular season. 30 days to the day that the regular season ends. And then just a few days later, we got the Stanley Cup playoffs. So let me quickly, before we wrap up, ooh, almost save myself. I have to save myself there right away. But uh, let me quickly tell you guys about Total Beverage. This is something JJ usually does. And I caught myself before the end of the episode. Everybody knows about Total Beverage in Westminster and Thornton, right? Sure, Total Beverage has an incredible selection of beer, wine, and spirits. But did you know they deliver? Did you know they have curbside pickup available? And did you know they do online wine education classes? If not, and if you haven't already, it is time to get to know Total Beverage again. Stop by on 104th Street in Thornton or on Sheridan in Westminster and see for yourself. Or you can find weekly deals, events, and even drink recipes online at TotalBev.com. Total Beverage, everything you need and more. And with that, I'm going to wrap this baby up. Thank you guys for hanging out with me for another one of these solo pods the second one i've done this season i don't enjoy doing them all the time but i do love talking hockey and i know you guys love listening to hockey talk so i'm here tweet me let me know if you like this but with that i'm gonna say if you've made it this far in the episode bless your pretty little heart let's make hockey for everyone and as jj says to close out every episode we out you